Alrighty, welcome back to the podcast. It's obviously live, which is the best way to do it. Um, today, we're going to be actually doing book reviews, three of them, at the exact same time. I haven't done a book review in a while, and there's actually going to be two additional ones coming up besides today. This one by Earl Nightingale, which is Lead the Field. This one, which is Maximum Achievement by obviously our boy over at the West Coast. Actually, I don't know where Brian Tracy lives, who's the author. But today we're going to be going through three books at the exact same time. It might take a little bit longer. Settle up, boys and girls, because we're going to get into it. And the reason we're doing three is because they don't individually deserve their own video. Okay, that's a waste of your time and my time. So we'll get right into it. So the three books are The Secret of the Ages, Man's Search for Himself, and Execution, The Disciplines of Getting Things Done. We'll start with Execution. Um, These are a little bit older. This one's from the early 2000s, late 90s. This one's from the 50s. And this one is probably from the 30s, right around there. 19 something. 1948. Okay, I'm completely incorrect. But actually, yeah, we'll go from my least favorite to my favorite. So Man's Search for Himself. This was good. And essentially, this was actually written right after the war. And Obviously, not based on the title, man as in society, not man as in the gender. But within the book, it's good to actually understand what people thought at that time because in this book, you understand a lot of things. Their problems are exactly what we're having today, okay? And we'll get right into it. The first thing, literally, in chapter, I'm sorry, on page two, he goes, you're growing up. You're being told you could be anything, okay? You could be an astronaut, you could be a teacher, you could be a publicist, you could be marketing. Whatever you want to be, you can be. That's what you're being told by school and society and your parents. Hopefully, I did not have that. It was actually the opposite. It was like, you're probably going to fail and miserably and publicly. And I'm like, okay, wonderful. Thanks a lot, teachers. But what they're saying is that once you're done with college, you have two decades to realize your external goals. Okay, because internally, no one's thinking about that. Okay, you're growing up and everything is about external goals. I want a pretty girlfriend. I want a really nice car. I want a house on the beach. I want to fly everywhere. That's all external. Nothing is internal. So this is directly from page four. Two decades after realizing, I'm sorry, two decades after realizing some external goals, they could be taken seriously. But then a person realizes and even talks to himself And actually that his parents and society made these requirements of him. So in other words, two decades after, two decades after, that could be age 20 or that could be age 40, you realize that your external goals that you are taking seriously, when you realize it, were actually requirements of society on him or her from It was actually the requirements of him or her from society or your parents. Do you understand how many people are miserable in a job that they hate because their parents wanted them to do that or or society or their teachers or they said you should probably go into this and they don't want to go into it? The example that comes to mind is a good friend of mine that I grew up with and his dad was or is a very successful engineer. He started his own company. He has about 60 people working for him. He's made millions and millions and millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars. And his son does not want to get into that. And his son and his father had a huge riff at age like 18 when he said, dad, I don't want to get into this. And his dad got pissed and they didn't talk for years years. I actually interned at his father's place during college because I said, this guy's paying me a shit ton of money, $1,400 a month and I'm in college. Are you kidding me? $1,400? I just sat on my ass and I made like five grand for that summer. (laughs) I did nothing. But I did learn about HVAC engineering, which is essentially what he does. HVAC is heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Continuing on. Furthermore, the person realizes that it will not help him to pursue, to pursue such external goals, but that it only makes more problems, makes more difficulty, and, and little conviction of their sense of reality of their actual own goals. So essentially, you've gone two decades 
of someone else's goals, their expectations of you. You then realize after two decades, I don't know if they're actually referring to after college, so you're 40 years old or before college or right around college when you're 20 years old. I'm thinking it's around 40. You realize that these goals were presented to you, you accepted it, and you pursued them. These are all external goals, by the way. Furthermore, the, per- the person realizes that they pursuing these goals, <laughs> it's crazy, pursuing these goals are difficult, very little conviction, and actually gives them more problems. And you wonder why people break down from age 38 to 42. It's that person that said, don't look at starting a family or pursuing of getting a partner. It's actually better to get a job, stay with that job, move up in that job, don't do this. And then you're 40, you're single, you're childless, but you have money, you have your external goals. But the internal goals of satisfaction and the expectations presented to you, which was move up the corporate ladder, and now you're going to be happy. And now you're miserable at age 42. By the way, I know a lot of people like that, okay? This isn't something highfalutin or anything like that. I know I literally two dozen people that they moved to the West Coast or they moved to Florida or they quit their job or they moved out of the city because they noticed, why the hell am I going to take the same train, going to the same job, doing the exact same thing if I'm 40 and I'm already miserable, I'm childless, I have no partner, I have no idea of who my partner is going to be. And they understand this thing that everyone was telling me is greater difficulty, more problems, and less happiness. This is page four, okay? Man's search for himself, which is essentially what life is. It's like you're you're searching internally. By the way, that's the only thing that he actually starts going into is Rollo May is the author. You internally need to search for what you want to do, okay? I was told for 22 years of my life that because I wasn't good at school, because I was an asshole and a shitty person, which I was, that nothing can change, which is a fixed mindset. And I just went and I just accepted it. And I just said, well, I guess it's not right for me. Okay. Until I went to, ironically enough, a Tony Robbins event at in 2009, early 2009, and everything just changed. I was like, that's crazy. And then this, this is the last thing on that. You are just a collection of mirrors reflecting what everyone else expects. That's crazy. Think about that for a second. You are a collection of mirrors. So in other words, you look out into the world and you just see mirrors and you understand, wow, this is actually not anything that I've wanted. This is everything that everyone else has wanted. All right, moving on. We understand, Charles. Keep on talking. Give us some more wisdom. This is this is even so this was written I this was written right after I think World War II. So they give some context and let's see if they have a, a published date. Here we go, nineteen fifty three. Okay, so it's ten years after the war, or a little less, World War II, nineteen forty five. And eight years. So they actually say and they build it up because they talk about since the war. So obviously it's not Vietnam or Korea, it's World War II. But there are indications in the present decade, the present decade, which was the 50s, okay? Listen to this, this is crazy. But there are indications in the present decade that emptiness and boredom have become much more serious states for many people. Not long ago, a very curious incident was reported in the New York papers. A bus driver in the Bronx simply drove away in his empty bus one day and was picked up by police several days later in Florida. He explained he's gotten tired of driving the same route every day and he decided to go away on a trip. Emptiness and boredom have become the serious states for many people in the present decade. 1953 was when this was written. This driver got bored and he drove away and they said later on that the company had a, the company, uh, the company announced that They didn't want to turn him over for legal punishment, but actually gave his job back again if he would promise not to make any more joints. 
There was a figurative cheering in the Bronx. Why would these solid citizens of the Bronx living in a metropolitan section synonymously applaud middle-class urban conventionality, make a hero of a man? So in other words, the they, the middle class of the Bronx said, obviously in 1953, that this guy was a hero because he drove away in an empty bus to Florida from New York. That's a one and a half day or one day drive, okay? The biggest thing to actually understand when you hear that is there are so many people out there that are in your shoes, regardless of all the shit that you see online about all the people that are happy, they're living their life goals, their passions, their dreams. They're all happy. Everyone's happy. They're living their creative life. I dated a girl that was an Instagram influencer. I freaking hate that term. Instagram influencer. And she would literally be miserable if her likes did not get up to her average likes. She would post a photo and I think I've already told you this story. She would post a photo and press refresh to see the likes getting up there. She felt the dopamine hit. She couldn't be satisfied within real life. She's living her reality online. Do you understand how desperate that is? There, there was another girl. She has like, and I didn't date this one. I wish. She was beautiful. But her mom, I think she's from Australia, 10 million followers, and she obviously got famous because she was beautiful. And her mom, she was written up in some magazine, and she said, it's not as glamorous as what you think. I get all these free products, and I have 10 million followers. Boo-hoo. I don't feel bad for you. You made the decision to do this, okay? And you're wealthy doing it, okay? So stop your crying. But she said, I'm unhappy and I'm miserable. I have to live up to these perfections. I'm going into Photoshop and Photoshopping my whole thing and people write comments about little things and I'm sitting there like, wow, really? This is what your life has come down to. But her mom was actually quoted in there in saying worse things, that the girl was actually worse off than the way she's actually saying it, that she's on the borderline of anxiety and depression disorder whatever you want to call it, which is all made up, all made up. While we might laugh at the meaningless boredom of people a decade ago, the emptiness has for many now moved from the state of boredom to the state of despair and holds promise of dangers. Let me just say that again. While we might laugh at the meaningless boredom of people a decade or two ago, the emptiness for many, has now moved to a state of boredom. I'm sorry, a state of boredom and despair which holds promises. Why would he use that term? Promises of dangers. There are promises of dangers in the state of boredom and despair. The book is good. We are anxious because we do not know the roles to pursue. What principles for action to believe in? Our individual anxiety, somewhat like what that of a nation, is a basic confusion and bewilderment about what we are going. In other words, where, I'm sorry, where we are going. In other words, we need rules. We need boundaries, okay? A lot of people talk about freedom and you can do whatever you want and expression and live the way you are and that's amazing. Everyone do this. But if you think about it, if there's no rules in any game, there is no game, okay? There are rules to success, as I'll talk about in another one called Maximum Achievement. There are rules and there is a cause and effect. If you do this, you will get overweight. If you do this, you will get sick. If you do this, you will be happy. You will be healthy. It's rules. It's the universe, you live by it or you don't live by it. And if you don't live by it, you can't say anything to anyone else except yourself. I don't accept where I am right now, so I'm going to complain. I'm going to think it's on the outside. Despair and loneliness, okay? There has to be an acceptance of, you know what? I'm lonely or I'm desperate or I have anxiety. And then what are the causes, 
because there is a difference between the expectations of what you are living and where you want to go. Where you are living and where you want to go or where you should be. So I was listening to this podcast and I'll get on to the other two books. I'm telling you people, this one's going to be a long one. And the podcast said that you have so much confidence in your 20s. Talk to anyone. Your confidence is highest as a child. You feel like you can fly. You feel like you can just walk into incoming traffic. You you feel like you are going to be a billionaire by age six. Like you have just the highest goals and the biggest expectations in that anything is obtainable. You go into school. You start learning boundaries, you start learning rules, regulations, and you don't play by those rules and regulations of society. So you eat shitty food and you understand body acceptance, but your doctor disagrees or you spend too much money because they say live free and in the moment and then you understand I'm in debt. You call your boss an asshole and you get fired and you understand, well, he was an asshole. Okay. Will you move to another job or you actually ask him, hey, why are you this way? There are causes and effects. You don't say I love you or you don't put in any effort into a relationship. It's not going to be a relationship, okay? So I was listening to this podcast on my run and it was fascinating and it made complete sense is that there's two reasons why and in the book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill talks about it and he says, he says, most men, and obviously that means society, most men get rich in their 40s and 50s. That's a long time. Does that sound like a long time? There's two reasons why. He says that, but he doesn't give a cause. Well, he sort of does, is that those are the people with the most faith. I wish there was a bigger explanation. And these are the two reasons why I think, okay? Because by the time you're 30, Most people have already given up. You're talking about probably 70% of society. Then by age 40, only about 1% remain that are faithful. They will be wealthy or they will be successful or their business will turn out. That means for a decade in their 30s, when things are not going the way they want it to, they still have the expectations they will be successful. They will make it. That's your 30s. You have to have the expectations and the faith that it will work out. And this is that's the first reason, is that you have the faith. The second reason is everyone else moves out of the way. So you have less competition as you're going to the top. And at the top is the pinnacle because there's barely anyone there. But at the bottom, there's a lot of competition. There is barely a lot of people that will say, I was, I am the top 10 in the NFL. And those top 10 remain in the top 10 if they keep on doing the rules and the regulations that brought them to the top 10. And if they break those rules and regulations, the natural laws of the universe, then no. If you party too hard, if you spend too much money, if you eat like shit, if you have bad mindset, which is about the second book. So the secret of the ages, ironically enough, this is, I shit you not, the OG of the secret. I, I literally think they ripped the secret from this. It, it actually says the secret and they just knocked out of the ages, okay? This is a hard read, but it is one of the greatest audiobooks I've ever listened to. I listened to it on my way to Seattle, and then I listened to it on the way back from Seattle. I listened to it twice, and I actually was listening to it a third time. It is one of the greatest audiobooks I have ever listened to. Yes, it's repetitive. Yes, it's redundant, but it needs to be hammered home. So let's just go into a a couple of these. So essentially, uh, this one, I give it a, you don't have to read it. I read it. I give it. I give it like a three out of five because there's some good things, but it also just gives the seriousness of a lot of, if you don't try and find yourself, if you don't try and find your passion, you're just going to live and die. And that's it. You'll just become worms meal at the end of the day. This one, however, was a almost a five out of five. 
on audiobook. Okay. One of my favorite books I've ever listened to. So your environment, your success, and your happiness is your mind. End of story. End of story is your mind. Your reality on the outside is a direct reflection of the inner reality. Fact. That's it. It is nothing else. It is nothing else. It is you are where you should with the body, with the finances, with that partner, with your job, exactly where you are because of your thinking, because of your mind, your success or your failure, anything. The jacket you wear, the way you walk, the way you talk, where you're located, everything is because of your mind. Your happiness, your unhappiness, your behavior, your habits, everything led you to exactly where you are right now. You couldn't be an iota forward or an iota back. It is exactly where you should be. And this book literally transformed the way that I talk to myself. How do I talk to myself? Do I say, this is something I can't overcome? This is something I should overcome? I have a couple of things in here, but I I do want to actually just kind of riff on it. So is your own... This is crazy. So your environment, your success, and your happiness is of your own making. And if you are not satisfied with the conditions as they are, you have but to visualize them as you would want them to be. Oh, how many people um, will not take that? If you are not happy with where you are, and you want to be somewhere else, you have to visualize right now, this is where you are in a big office or in a corner desk making millions of dollars. I actually changed my affirmations from future tense to present tense and thanking the universe or God, whatever you want to believe in or source or anything. I don't give a shit what you think. Thank. You say, thank you for a world-class speaking career. Thank you for an incredible job that I'm passionate about. Specific. It's happening right now. There is no philosophy by which a man can do a thing when he thinks he cannot. (laughs) It's so obvious. It's so obvious. If you're walking up to a girl and you don't think it's going to work out, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. The way you think, the way you talk, the way you behave, your body language, the tonality, the words, everything is going to be congruent to this is not going to work out the way it should work out. There is no philosophy. There is no philosophy. Nothing. By which a man can do something in which he thinks he cannot. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. So he goes a little into decide what you want in your life, exactly what you wish for in your future. Um, I got to tell you, this book breaks down that there are laws in the universe that everyone understands. If I drop this, maximum gravity, 9.8 whatever per second, obviously someone's going to correct me there. But that's a law. That's a law. That's not something that it fluctuates or it varies. Acceleration, speed, weight, mass. These are all laws. Cause and effect. All of these are laws. And if you are not thinking in alignment with those laws, you are not. You're, what can you expect different? If you, if you think the same way and you expect different results, you know. Q. Einstein. Moving on to the third book, Execution. Execution is one of those books that if you're a leader, so this was written in the, I think the early 2000s because they they bring up Jack Welsh who is the former CEO of GE. And it's a great book for leaders and managers. It was written in 2002. And I love these older books because there is no fluff. And they understand that there is no PC culture, there is no offending, there is no just pseudoscience. It's this is 
the way it is. You can trust it. You can believe it. You don't have to believe it. That's the way it is. Why do we have eyebrows? So sweat doesn't go into our eyes when we're going for animals and hunting them. Why do we have eyelashes? To move the dirt out of our eyes, the dust. Why do we have cilia and hair in our nose so it filters out the exact same thing? It all makes sense. Why are ears shaped this way? We can accept that, but we can't accept that if I don't make sales calls, if I don't follow up with a client, or if I don't, if I'm not happy, if my attitude sucks, that shit that I don't want to happen is going to happen. This always happens. This always happens. Yeah, because your attitude sucks. Why do I always get free things? Seriously, why do I get extra toppings at chopped salad? Why do I get free salads? Because I engage with the people behind the counter and they say, no one actually does this. Let's reward this person. That's called the universal law of cause and effect. So execution is great because I was a shitty leader. Okay. I overspent, I over delivered or under delivered. I brought on too many people and I was not a good manager. And they all left. I brought on five people and they all left. And the reason being, the core reason, I was the person not on the horse running into battle with the cavalry. I was behind the cannons miles away. I was not in the battle. I was just saying, no, 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 everyone else go into war. I'm fine back here, nice and safe. You make the phone calls. You post about Instagram. You do this, but I don't have to. I'm the manager. I'm the owner. That's who I am. Execution is essentially saying that everything comes down to execution, which sounds so simplistic, and it is. But listen to this. The leader must be in charge of getting things done by running three core processes. Picking up other leaders, setting the strategic direction, and conducting operations. Simplistically, number one is building up other leaders. Because if you are an A player, most people surround themselves with C players. And they say, well, I'm better than them. No, you need to surround yourself with A players because A players hire B players and B players hire C players and C players hire D players. So you have to pick everybody up. You have to be that one. High energy, enthusiastic. Second one, have a direction. Have a direction. Where are we going? Dude, where are we going? What's the mission? Why is this year going to be different than next year? Am I going to make more money? Am I going to grow? How's the culture? And then the third one is accountability. So he says operations. Accountability. You have the, you give them the confidence. So you're building up the leader. You're giving them the education. So you're building up the leader. You're giving them the direction and you're holding them accountable. That's called standards. That's what a leader does. That's not what I did. I just said, this is what we think I should do. This is what I think actually we should do. You should do that actually, not me. I don't know where we're going, but at one time something's going to happen. I'm I'm wishing for it. I'm hoping for it. No. Build up the leader or your team or your subordinates, whoever. Build them up. Give them the direction. We're making 100 phone calls today. And then the accountability, you do it with them. This is what we're going to say. This is how you're going to follow up. This is where you're going to enter them into the CRM. Everything. You have to build the system around that. A system of success. A system of leadership. A system of training. Literally, I don't know if you could read that. I circled it. Operationalizing culture. If someone doesn't believe in what you believe or where you're going to go, regardless of how much they are producing, you get them the fuck out of your organization. Organizing the culture. Oh, you're negative? Even though you produce $50 million? I don't care. And this is the reason. Everyone knows it. So they want to see you, the leader, if you're going to have the balls to actually fire that person. Number one. Number two is when that person's gone, the whole culture rises because that little nag 
was holding everybody back. And now the whole culture actually increases production above that person that you kicked out. They want to see if it's because the person is really good, you're not firing them, or because they are really bad, or I'm sorry, because they're really good, they're staying there, and it's a different standard for them because they are better producing than everyone else. No, no, no. It's across the board. This is our standard minimum calls, or this is how we greet people, or this is what we do at this exact time. We call the person, we ask them if their home is still available for sale. If it's not available for sale, ask them when they're going to put it up for sale. Ask them if you can apply for their job, apply for the job of getting their home sold and closed. Great. When can we meet? Are you familiar with the techniques I use to sell homes. No? Great. Are you available today at 5 p.m.? That's exactly what we say. They say no. They hang up. You shoot them a text message. You put them at a later date to follow up and contact. That's called execution. And by the way, this is execution of the leader. This isn't just, this is not execution of the individual. And by the way, I say that kind of sarcastically because the individual is a leader. The only way to actually get And this is the ironic part. There is no finish line. So when you become, when you become a, you know, other people become under you or you get promoted and there's more people or there's more, you have more responsibility now. So that means you have to become a better leader. And then you get bored and you say, I actually want to become a better leader. So then they put more people under you. You want more responsibility. And guess what happens? It never ends. You just have to get 1% better. So these are the three books. I highly recommend that you listen to this on audiobook, The Secret of the Ages. Man's Search for Himself. You can skip this one. Execution. If you want to become a leader, if you want to become a manager, if you want to become someone that wants to get things done, execution is it. It sounds so obvious, but the difference is the leader should not be too above what they want their subordinates or their people to be doing. That's 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 the same thing as what what's his name said in the um, what's his name Simon. I was gonna say Simon Cowell, but uh, Simon Sinek. So, is this really live? Uh, no, it's not really live. <laughs> Bob Bob Proctor recommends. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, next time is going to be maximum achievement. And then after that, we'll go into Earl Nightingale, uh, lead the field. This one, just read it. It's really small. Actually, you don't even have to read the whole book. You just have to read the first 50 pages. Look how many of those pages are actually marked off. It one fifty seven pages in, that's all you have to read. That's all you have to read. Probably the best book I've read in a while. Maximum achievement, very good. I'm going to post that about I'm going to post that on Instagram right after this live. And then right now I'm reading The War of Art. Stephen Pressfield, this is the third time I'm actually reading that. And the reason being is that there was some resistance in my triathlon training, took a month off, obviously personal reasons, and then it's really hard to get that passion back unless you actually start seeing progress and success. So, that's why I'm reading The Resistance. You, Everyone gets resistance. The professional shows up regardless of the resistance. So that's essentially what I actually just read. I'll, I'll read this because I don't know if I'll do a book review or maybe I did a book review on it. But listen to this. The amateur shows up or the amateur doesn't show up every day. The amateur doesn't show up no matter what. And the amateur doesn't stay on the job all day. The professional shows up every day. The professional shows up no matter what. The professional stays on the job all day. That's the difference. Oh, I'm a little hungover. I'm a little tired. I don't need to show up. The golfer who wins the tournament, who wins four rounds of golf at a major championship understands I'm probably going to hit it in the water or a sand trap or out of bounds or in the rough. I'm not going to have a perfect round, okay? But what you do from that shot is what makes you the champion. That's the person that holds the trophy. They understand that they're going to let in a goal in a hockey game or a soccer game. 
or football, you're going to let up a touchdown. But how are you going to respond? The professional knows and shows up and performs all day, no matter what. That's what the professional does, all right? And he talks about the resistance. Resistance is there. It's never going to go away, all right? It's innate. It's inside of us, okay? All these people that talk about, well, just do what you love. Okay, great. That, that's that's fantastic advice, okay? How do I know what I do what I love? Uh, well, you have to try a lot of shit. Understand if this is right for you. Choose... Out of that, well, I like to waiter because of the people aspect, but I didn't actually like waitering. Uh, I like the the sales job because you have unlimited income, but I didn't like that there was just the manager kind of holding me back. Uh, I like that the aspect of building a business because I used to do gaming on SimCity. Uh, oh, I'm going to go into real estate. I'll try it. If it works out, it works out. That's how I got into real estate. I like people most of the time. I like to build a business, and I like that there is no ceiling on my income. There is definitely a floor. The floor is zero. Actually, the floor is lower than zero because you could outspend how much money you actually have. So if you guys have any uh, direct line, get that too. Actually, I did read. uh, Actually, no, I listened to that. That might be on my iPod. Yes, I said that right, my iPod. And by the way, I'm just going to leave you with this, actually. Um... I think I already talked about it, but I deleted Instagram off my phone. I deleted YouTube off my phone. And I read a um, quote this morning, I'll say it, from James Clear, who's unbelievable, by the way. James Clear wrote Atomic Habits. Get on his newsletter. His newsletter is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. So this is what James Clear sent out today. And I actually read it at today's uh, meeting. So I have a meeting every single day. And he has a quote. He has what he's thinking. And then something else. So this is what he said. Focus is the art of knowing what to ignore. That guy was talking. Do I focus on that? Do I ignore it? Focus is the art of knowing what to ignore. It's not what to focus on. It's what to ignore. And then he goes into minimalism, which I'll probably have a quote somewhere. Minimalism is actually not even understanding the least of things that you need to do, but not know, but knowing what not to do. Because that's the 80%. Why was I on my phone? I was on Instagram or I was on the dating apps or I was on YouTube. That's 80% of my time on my phone. Get rid of that. It's knowing what to ignore. So I said, I got to get rid of that. So what in your life, you have to write this down or go into your phone settings and say, what are the things that I'm on? Then you multiply that times seven days a week times 365 days and it'll come out to a number that will scare the shit out of you. Wow, I'm on Instagram one hour a day times seven days. That's seven weeks. That's a lot of hours. That comes down to a week of on Instagram during my day. Waking life because eight hours you're asleep or nine hours you're asleep. Okay. So one third of your day is already gone. And then one third of your day is getting ready or commuting or whatever. And then one third of your day, so two thirds of your day is at work or sleeping. Then you have to shower and you have to eat and everything else. I highly recommend you track your time, okay? And enough of this where people are just listening to everyone. I got tagged or not tagged, I got targeted on an Instagram ad and this guy was talking about, don't worry about making calls anymore. Just do Facebook lead marketing for real estate leads. And then he had a video. He was showing, he was, he was videoing the people that were forced at the conference of like 12 people to say, this was the greatest conference ever. And I'm just thinking, holy shit. <laughs> How many people might believe this? Or say, is this true? And look into it? No. No. You're just making him wealthy and yourself poor. That's what it comes down to. Are there people? Maybe. But that's 1%. The 20% that produce 80% of the, actually in real estate, 10% of the agents. I think it's actually less. I think about 5% of the agents produce 95% of the business. And they make X amount of calls. They make X amount of uncomfortable calls. They do what they need to do, regardless of how they think, ah, I don't want to email this person again. Ah, 
I don't want to call the person for business. I don't want to ask for referrals. But they do what they need to do. That's the professional and that's the good leader. That's essentially it. They have the mindset, which is the secret of ages, and then obviously execution. So I'm out. If you guys have any questions, leave in the comments below. Have an amazing day and weekend. I love the uh, habit stacking. Talking about habits, and I know I just said that was the last thing, start small. And I'll give you a story. And the reason being is that two days ago, we have an amazing system. I'm going to actually reread E-Myth, the E-Myth Revisited, which is, uh, that guy actually wrote me a scathing email one time. I, I didn't like his video course and I wanted a refund. And he wrote me four paragraphs of Michael A. Gerber's, who's the attorney, um, not the attorney, the author. He wrote this four-page paragraph, and I said, thank you for actually explaining, or I'm sorry, thank you for demonstrating how not to reply to an email when I became as, become as famous as you. <laughs> that was in like 2013. What an arrogant prick I was. But also, it was a shitty, he's, he just blamed me for everything. I said, you gave no value compared to your book, and you charged me $300 for this course. It was terrible. Um, like, dude, what's $300 to you? $300 to me was massive. Anyway, but I'm going to reread E-Myth Revisited, which is about systems and, and scaling out a business. But there's a book called Mini Habits. Highly recommend that. Is that I was talking with the guy that I make phone calls with two days ago, and I could see in his eyes and I could hear it is, listen, when you're breathing out, don't do the Gary Vaynerchuk breathe out. The Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary Vaynerchuk breathe out is, <sighs> that's not good. That releases cortisol. When you breathe out, it should be through your nose, first of all. Second of all, it should be, ah, okay? That releases the feel-good hormones, EDSO, endorphins, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin. Those are the feel-good hormones. Do you see? Do you hear? There's a difference. But if you go, ah. So anyway, I told the guy that, that I make calls with. But we have 3,600 leads, Okay. Each one of those leads have four to five numbers to them, and we have to call them. That's going to be weeks, or that's definitely months. That's I, I, I actually did the math, and it was three months, okay? And that means that if we get no leads, that's three months, but, except, but we get 100 leads a week that we have to call, which each of them has three to four or five phone numbers, and then we have to call back and everything else. And you can see that he was just overwhelmed, and I said, dude... This is taking a shovel to Everest, and it's one scoop at a time. Don't look at 3,600 leads. Just look today. I just make 50 contacts times five calls, 250 calls. That's it. You don't have to look at the 10,000 calls that we have to make or 15,000 calls that we have to make. Just look at the 250 calls we have to make, and we know the script. And we know how to file it away. That's the system. And you could see the relief coming from him because he was looking at the whole mountain instead of take the first step, then the next step. And the one thing that I learned in triathlon training is that when you're running, which is the worst part of it, and it's at the end, swimming, you just swim because you don't want to drown. Okay, Biking, you can stop pedaling because you're on wheels. But running, if you stop, you stop. And it's really hard to start up again. And your whole, the whole time your body's saying, dude, just stop. Don't worry about it. Just walk. It's what you're saying for miles, miles. You're literally saying, where the fuck is this finish line? But when I was running out in like literally 21 degree weather. It was freezing. I was underprepared. And my hands, I, I, my hands were freezing. And it was like, dude, just turn around and go home. You don't have to do the 45 minutes that you have to do. 45 minutes, which is like five miles or whatever, right around there, 5.5 miles. And... The whole time, I just kept reiterating while I was running by myself. No one else was around in New York City on the west side. I just was saying each step. I was just saying one step, one step, one step. Then I put my focus. So in other words, what I just said, that one quote, which I brought up, focus is the art of knowing what to ignore. So I was essentially ignoring my mind telling me to stop by focusing on my steps. I actually got that from the Navy SEALs. This one guy in a video was being interviewed and they said, are, are you nervous about tomorrow? He goes, what do you mean? He, tomorrow, it's selection day. He goes, 
I'm worried about right now holding the boat over my head. And that hit me. I said, this guy's not looking at the next evolution. He's not even thinking about tomorrow. He's just thinking about holding the boat over his head. That's present thinking. He made it through selection. He made it and became a seal because he was thinking, what do I need to do right now? I'm not thinking about the 15,000 calls we're going to have to make and clear out all these leads. So uh, the science of getting rich, yes. I have been pushing that back because I got a new book that I'm pretty excited about. I actually have three books, unfortunately, that are on the docket. And then when I have three books, I only just read the one that I'm currently reading. So I'm just going to get over that uh, really quickly. But if you think, what is the one thing? This also comes up in the morning when I when it's I, w- I now wake up consistently at 4:30 finally again it's been two and a half three months and the reason being is that you know father was in the hospital then he passed and blah 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 and then your habits go to shit and then your eating habits go to shit and then your your heart rate I track my heart rate my heart rate went from f- my resting heart rate in one month in one month went from 45 beats which is athlete which is like David Goggins is in the 30s, which is mental. But an athlete who's in tremendous shape is in the low to mid 40s. I was in world-class athlete resting heart rate mode to 55 per minute. My heart was beating 10 beats more. 10 beats more per minute. 60 minutes in an hour times 24 hours, that's a lot more work for my heart. Dude, 10 beats, and that happened in a month. That's how hard, or I'm, I'm sorry, that's how fast everything just atrophies. Your muscles, or your cardio, or your eating, or your sleeping, your mindset. My mindset went to shit over a month and a half, two months. That was crazy. So I'm Finally, getting back into triathlon training, I have a race that I'm contemplating pushing back, but I'm also contemplating stop being a bitch and do it regardless. I'm also thinking I kind of need a lot more business right now to sustain what I want to do, and you know that's that's up in the air. That's up in the air. I don't know if I'm just trying to justify it with excuses, but it is expensive to sign up for every race is at least $2,000 or $2,500. The one in Lake Placid is is um, going to be $5,000 at least to do because <laughs> I'm paying for my family to stay in the house. My brother just told me that his family can't go, so that's nice. I have a four-bedroom house. <laughs> Eight-room, four-bedroom house, paying $3,600 for the couple of days that we're going to be there. Anyway, not complaining about that at all. But anyway, yeah, the clouds in the dirt. So when I wake up in the morning and the alarm goes off at 4.30 and my mind goes, you're about to get up, put on a bathing suit, go to a subway that's cold, go 20 minutes to the Equinox in Columbus Circle and jump in a cold pool and do an hour of swimming, you don't want to do that. Your brain thinks of every excuse. And guess what? It's brilliant. Your brain knows every excuse. My excuses won't work on you. And your excuses won't work on me because my brain knows this excuses to use. You'll do it tomorrow. You'll do it this afternoon. Don't worry about it. You're already in shape. Ah, push it back to next week. Your coach won't be mad. Don't worry. All of those excuses just flood your brain. And as they say in here is that right when you're about to take action is the hardest resistance. Right before you're about to press dial to cold call is the biggest time resistance comes into your life. So at that time, I've now trained myself. Thank God. I've now trained myself that I'm not going to give into the resistance. I say, okay. Let's start small. Throw the covers off my body. Alexa, lights on. The lights come on. I put the covers over the sheets. I then walk over to where my clothes are. I start folding my clothes. I put on the, the headphones to listen to good music. I'm sorry, good information. My music's only when I'm running, and I need it if I'm not in a good mood. I, need, I, don't, I only listen to g- g- unbelievable information. 
on my iPod. I'm so glad because I'm on that bike for an hour and a half. And, and, and if I'm listening to something at two times the speed, that means I'm listening to three hours during that hour and a half bike ride. And then I go and run for 45 minutes. So I'm listening, literally listening to about five hours of good content. That's why I've been crushing lately, just dominating audiobooks and everything else. So think about it small. Throw the covers off. Get up. Turn on the lights. Put my work clothes into my my work clothes into my bag, put my bag on, walk outside, close my door. That's literally what I'm thinking. So anyway, Goggins says no music when training so you can observe the brain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw him two or three times. I talked to him once in New York City. I saw him running another time in New York City. And both times he obviously did not have headphones in. But what I noticed is that when I, and you cannot, participate in Ironmans without music. I'm sorry, you cannot participate in Ironmans with music. It's illegal. You can't have any device. You can't even have your cell phone on you. And and obviously for safety reasons, but also it makes you dive into the parts of the brain that when you are you know, into a marathon, that's when you really know what you're made of. Do you stop? I know you're tired and you're hungry and your legs are killing you and you have blisters. You sh- I should have taken a picture of my feet. They were disgusting. They were disgusting. I had this blister that was like was the size of a potato. Um, but it went down like it's all going to heal, you know, and I actually miss the pain in my legs when I'm not training. I really do. So anyway, I'm about to go out and get a salad. But yes, I agree with that, Chris. Unfortunately, I would rather learn than because I'm thinking every other time of the day, I never wear headphones. The only time I wear these is when I'm calling. That's the only time. And I'm training. That's it. I don't wear it walking around. I don't wear it in the elevator. I don't look at my phone. I hate my phone. I really, truly know that I want to be successful for for what I do in real life, not for what I do out in the real world. So have an amazing weekend, guys. Uh, Maximum Achievement will be next. And obviously, if you want to pick up the book, the link's below. You already know the deal. They are affiliated with Amazon. I don't even know if they pay me anymore. (laughs) I don't look at my statement, but that's the links I use. So have an amazing day. Talk to you guys soon.